Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, everyone. I trust you all rejoicing this morning. If you are in the presence of the Lord, you would be rejoicing. For he said, in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. He's always in our presence, but we're not always in his presence. At your right hand, Psalm 16 says, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen? Amen. We ought to be always rejoicing when we focus on Jesus. When we focus on what He has done for us. Everything and anything else becomes so insignificant in the light of His love and in the light of what He has already accomplished for us on the cross. You know, the principle is this, whatever you focus on, your heart becomes sensitive to it. Whatever you refuse to focus on, your heart becomes hardened towards it. So if you spend all your time focusing on your problem or your challenges or your tests or your trials and what you are going through, then guess what? your heart would become more sensitive to your problem than to what the Lord has already done. And your problem will become bigger and your God will become smaller. Amen? So today, we're going to speak once again and teach on the subject of faith. Last time we discussed the subject of developing our faith. This morning we will look at faith and knowledge and the relationship between our faith and knowledge. Amen? What role does knowledge play with our faith and how does our knowledge help our faith? And when we speak about knowledge, we are speaking about spiritual knowledge, revelation knowledge that comes from the Word of God. I believe that the most valuable commodities in the universe is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The most powerful, the most valuable commodities on the planet is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And all three are spiritual, and all three are found in God's Word. Having these three, and knowing how to operate in them, I believe will make us the most successful and the most blessed people on the face of the earth. 
Proverbs 24 verse 3 and 4 says, Through wisdom a house is built. Now you can put in the place of the house anything else that you want to build. Through wisdom a house is built. A life is built. A marriage is built. A ministry is built. A career is built. Through wisdom. And by understanding it is established and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You see those three? You want to build anything in life that will stand the test of time? You need wisdom, you need understanding, and you need knowledge. And all three are found in the Word of God or in Christ Jesus. Knowing how to operate in them will make us successful and blessed. Verse 6 says, a wise man is strong. You want strength? I'm talking about spiritual strength. It's found in wisdom. A man of knowledge increases strength. So if we want to increase our strength, what must we do? Someone said, it's not the trials or the circumstances on the outside, but the vacuum on the inside that causes us to crumble in a time of adversity. So if you are looking for strength, it's found in knowledge. Because a man of knowledge increases strength. And then he says, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war. We win wars in the spirit through wisdom, wise counsel, and knowledge. Amen? Proverbs says that God used these three forces to create the entire universe. And we see that in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. You see those three again. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. No wonder when Paul prays for the church, he prays that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, and then he adds, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There he names those three things again. That is the most effective and powerful prayer you can pray for your loved ones. He says, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom, and all spiritual understanding. Why does he pray that way? He explains it. So he said that you may walk worthy of the Lord. So if we in this life are to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, and be fruitful in every good work, we need to gain wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Simple, isn't it? You don't have to pray for anything else. 
Because everything else is provided in the wisdom of God. The Bible says in her right hand there are length of days, in her left hand there are riches and honor. So you have wisdom, everything else will be drawn and attracted to you. You will become a magnet that attracts the favor, the blessing of the Lord attached to you. So pray that prayer. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your loved ones every day. It is a Holy Spirit inspired prayer that we can pray every single day. Today though, we're going to focus on knowledge and how we can obtain this knowledge. I believe that the measure of spiritual knowledge that we possess will determine the measure of faith we will exercise. Your faith will not operate beyond your level of knowledge. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen? So I'm going to say that again. The measure of knowledge we possess, we have, and we function in, will be the measure of faith that we will exercise in order to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives. I say that because faith operates, functions on a platform of knowledge. Amen? That's the foundation upon which faith functions. Lack of knowledge, according to the Word of God, is the cause of all the failure in your life and in the church as a whole. Lack of knowledge, or you may say ignorance, spiritual ignorance. God said through the mouth of Hosea, the prophet, that his people are destroyed for what? Why are Christians being destroyed and devoured today? Not because of the devil. The devil has already been defeated. Your sins have been forgiven. Christ redeemed you from the curse. Why then are believers, born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers, are being destroyed, devoured, stolen from, oppressed, depressed, because of a lack of knowledge? Simple. That's the only reason. God says, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. So ignorance, spiritual ignorance, is the primary weapon of the enemy. He uses our ignorance to devour. He takes advantage of that. He is called the Prince of Darkness. Darkness in the Bible is referred to spiritual ignorance and light to spiritual knowledge. The Word of God says that the whole world lies in darkness, meaning in spiritual ignorance. People's minds are darkened. They don't know God. They don't know what God has already done for them. 
And this lack of knowledge causes them to live in darkness. And the enemy takes advantage of that. It's so simple once we understand it. Now, ignorance is the platform on which the devil works. So just like knowledge is the platform that our faith or God works on, ignorance is the platform or the foundation upon which the devil works from. Now, if we destroy his platform, then we can destroy his works in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. Do you see that? You, you pull the carpet under his feet. Once you know the truth, he can no longer deceive you. Once you know who you are and what God has already done for you, he cannot deceive you. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Once you know that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus, sickness cannot stand in your body. Hello? Amen. Once you know that you are the blessed of the Lord, that God loves you unconditionally, independent of your attitude or behavior, that the Lord has already accepted you, it doesn't matter who rejects you. <laughs> I heard a preacher the other day, uh, um, uh, a wife approached him and said, uh, please, can you pray for me? My, my, my husband doesn't love me. He looks at him and he says, so what? Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Who cares who rejects you or doesn't love you? You mean to tell me that Jesus' love is not enough for you? Do you need someone else to love you? No, He's enough. His love is more than enough. I don't have to feel rejected because so-and-so doesn't love me. Even if my wife doesn't love me, I will still love the Lord and I will still love her. Amen? Are you there? <laughs> Are you here? <laughs> Why? Why do believers have this, this, this feelings of rejection and inferiority complexes and, and comparing themselves with themselves? Why? It's because they don't have a revelation of the love of God. Once you experience God's love, you will be completely transformed. Your faith will go through the roof because faith works by love. Amen. Ask the Lord to show you how much He loves you. In His eyes, you're a success. In His eyes, you have never failed yet. Did you know that? You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when God looks at you, He looks at your heart. He looks at your spirit, your born-again spirit. You have been recreated in the image of God. And on the inside, you just look like Him. Do you know your spirit man has never sinned yet? Nor will ever sin? Is your flesh. The problem we have is, our, is with our flesh, not with our spirit. The real you. And God thinks the world of you. Once the mind is renewed, rejection will fall off of you. 
inferiorities will fall off of you. Thoughts of failure will fall off of you. They have no dominion over you because you know the truth. Knowledge. This is what knowledge does. So you want to destroy the works of the enemy in your life, you've got to destroy his platform. Ignorance. Amen? The Bible defines light as knowledge. Psalm 119 and verse 30, the word says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It gives understanding unto the simple. You see, when you receive the word of God in your mind and in your heart, light comes in. When light comes in, faith is already there. Because faith walks in the light. Where there's light, there's faith. Where there's knowledge, there's faith. Where there is ignorance, there's unbelief and doubt. You want to destroy unbelief and doubt in your life? Get knowledge. The knowledge of God's Word will expel. How do you expel the darkness? You, you enter a room and it's full of darkness. Do you take a bucket and just empty the darkness out? No, that's not what you do. You turn on the light. The moment light comes on, darkness flees. The moment knowledge enters your mind, your heart, doubts leave. Fear leaves. Unbelief goes out. It cannot stay in the presence of light. The entrance of your word gives light. And it gives understanding to the most simple ones of us. The New Living Translation says, The teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. Anybody can understand this. The uneducated, the, the ignorant, once they get light, they get knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So, knowledge of God, who God is to you, knowledge of His love towards you, His kindness, His favor, His forgiveness, his mercy, His grace, knowledge of what the Lord has already done for you on the cross through Christ, knowledge of who you are in Christ, what you can and have in Christ, and what you can do in Christ, will eliminate the works of darkness. Simple as that. Get knowledge. Find out who you are. The Bible tells you who you are. Most of us know ourselves after the flesh, in the natural. We look in the mirror, we know who we are, we know how tall, how thin, we know who our parents are in the natural. Amen, our natural family. But that's knowing yourself in the natural, in the physical, from a physical standpoint. But the Word of God says, 2 Corinthians 5.16, From now on, we know no man after the natural, after the flesh. What are we to know? We need to know ourselves, who we are in the Spirit. From a spiritual standpoint, know who you are. Know your authority in Christ. Because if you don't know that you've been authorized to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to walk in victory, you will never take your authority and use it. Most people cry out to God, Oh Lord, do this. Father, oh Lord, the devil is after me again. And we are expecting God to do what He has already authorized us to do. God is not going to do your part. 
He says, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you got to take your authority, stand up and rebuke him. Oh, the devil is stealing my money, Lord. Well, God looks at you and he says, what is wrong with them? I've given them all this authority in my name. And they're crying out to me to do what I've already told them to do. A lot of prayers go up to God that are actually a waste of time. What we need to do is take our authority, rebuke the devil if he harasses you, cast out that depression, that oppression, that pain in your body. In the middle of the night, last night, sleeping, all of a sudden I woke up with this excruciating pain in my bones right here. I'm thinking, am I dreaming or is this real? I'm pinching myself and it's real. I can't move my leg. You know what I did? I didn't call out to oh God, heal me. I said, I rebuke you pain in Jesus' name. Now leave my body alone. The next moment the pain was gone. Amen. Now that is why the Lord has instructed us to go out and share the good news, the gospel. Gospel is the good news. And Paul says the good news is the power of God unto salvation for them who will receive this good news. Go out, preach the gospel, teach the word, so that we can expel the darkness and the ignorance that is in the people's minds. The word of God says in Ephesians 4.24 that once the mind is darkened, you are alienated from the life of God. A darkened mind will alienate you from the life of God, from the blessing of God, from what God has already done for you. So the remedy is to enlighten people. That is why we share God's love towards them. Hey, God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's already forgiven your sin. Your past, your present, and your future sins are all laid on Jesus. He's forgiven you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He has accepted you in Christ Jesus. And He wants to bless you. Amen? That's the good news of the gospel. God is not mad at you. You know, most Christians go to God and they, 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 they go like beggars. They don't realize that God has already forgiven them, made them righteous, and they can approach the throne of grace with boldness, with confidence. The Word of God says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain. Come and take it. Take what? Grace and mercy in your time of need. You don't have to beg God for something He's already given you. You reach out by faith and take it. That's why faith is so important, because it is the hand that reaches out in the invisible realm of the Spirit, takes what God has already provided for us, and brings it down here in the natural physical world, where we can see it, feel it, taste it, and smell it. We don't have to beg God to move. God has already moved. Someone said God is not stuck. 
He's already moved in Christ. He has already given all that you will ever need, all that you will ever require. God has already made provision and has already given it to you. It's been put into your heavenly account. Psalm 31 verse 19 says, How great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. God laid up great goodness for you and I. It's already provided, it's already been put into your account long before you ever got here and all you need to do is reach out by faith and take it. Is that simple enough? It is simple for me. It's already been provided. God anticipated your every need before you had a need. God anticipated every crisis and provided the solution before the problem ever existed. That's why he created the world first and all that is in it and then put his men in it. Man was the last the crown of his creation and the last of his creation. Everything else was provided for. He needed food, the trees were plentiful. Everything. Animals for his pleasure. God has provided everything you need. The Word of God says in Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, according as his divine power has given unto us, all things that pertain to life and godliness has given not going to give he has already given it to you if you really believe that you will jump up and down with joy yeah. <laughs> he's already mine victory is mine health is mine prosperity is mine protection is mine believe that and receive it by faith once you believe you receive, then you shall have. Someone said, believe and receive or doubt and go without. <laughs> Amen. The word says, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So, if we desire to grow in the development of our faith, we must first grow in the knowledge of God and His Word. You want your faith to be productive? You want your faith to grow? Be able to influence more people? Do more? Then before your faith grows, then your knowledge must grow hand in hand. Actually, it's not a faith problem we have. It's a knowledge problem. Amen. <laughs> so, why do I say that? Because knowledge is the fuel of our faith. Knowledge fuels your faith. Now, you may have the most expensive mode of transportation. The finest car you could buy. But you know, without fuel, you're not going anywhere with an empty tank. There's nothing wrong with our faith. The faith that we have received is the faith of the Son of God. It is the God kind of faith. 
You don't need any more faith. There's nothing wrong with your faith. We all have received the same measure of faith. Amen? Amen. What we need is fuel. And the fuel for your faith is knowledge. Knowledge of what the Lord has already done, already given, and blessed you with. Amen. Praise God. So we have the faith, but without a mind that is renewed, we're not going anywhere in regards to seeing the goodness or the power of God demonstrated in our lives. That is why Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A renewed mind is a spiritual mind. The Word of God says that a carnal mind leads to death, but a spiritual mind leads to life and peace. If you don't have peace, it's because you have not renewed your mind. It's not spiritual. It's still unrenewed or carnal. That is why the Word of God says, Renew your mind and be transformed. A renewed mind is a mind that is filled with the knowledge of God, His Word, His will for you and for your life. And a renewed mind always is stayed on God. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Perfect peace. Peace that passes all understanding. All around you, things could be happening, circumstances would be so contradictory, people are fighting with you, but within, you have perfect peace because your mind is stayed on God, is renewed by the Word of God. Amen? So, that is why the Word says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth heavenly-minded, spiritually-minded. You see, a renewed mind evaluates everything from a spiritual standpoint, not from a natural standpoint, not from what you see, feel, or hear naturally, physically. We may see one thing, but we hear another thing. Your mind always gravitates towards the Word of God if it's renewed. We walk by faith, not by sight. The Word of God says what you see is temporary, but what you do not see is eternal. We must learn to see with the eyes of our heart. That is the secret of walking by faith. Amen? So a renewed mind will always be focused on the Word of God, on what God, who God is, what God has done. Amen. So as long as our minds are kept in the dark or unrenewed concerning the truth, we're going to be continually defeated and harassed in life. And that's not the will of God. Listen to what Proverbs 4.23 says. This is, a, this is a powerful verse, and I'm reading from the Good News Translation. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. 
Wow, that's powerful. Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Know this, that our lives will always go in the direction of our predominant thoughts. Where the mind goes, the person goes. Your mind can't go one way and you go another way. You will always end up doing what you're thinking. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, you are who you think you are. You have what you think you have. And if you're looking at the natural, physical circumstances, you may say, well, I don't have it. I'm, I'm, I'm troubled. I'm in trouble. Look at my bank account. Look at my husband. Look at my wife. Look at this. Look at that. You see, the natural realm must submit to the spiritual mind. You are who you think you are. You think you're a failure, that's who you are. Amen? If you think you are above only and not beneath, that's who you are. If you think you're the head and not the tail, that's who you are. If you think you're prosperous, that's who you are. Because your life is defined and will always go in the way of your mind. Mind is a powerful thing. That is why the Word of God says, renew it. Now, that's our responsibility. God is not going to renew your mind. Amen? You're going to have to do that. I, we will never be able to function beyond the scope of our thoughts. And our faith will never rise beyond or above our thinking. It cannot function. Your thoughts can imprison you, or your thoughts can set you free and liberate you. You know why people are depressed? Because they focus on the wrong thing. Oh, they say it's chemical imbalance. That's the symptom. What is the root cause of depression? You are meditating on the devil's lies. That's why you're depressed. <laughs> as simple as that. Why are people fearful? Christians, born again, tongue-talking Christians. Why are they afraid? Some of them are so filled with fear. Fear of darkness. Fear of accidents. Fear of, of robbing you. All of those fears. Why? Because that's what they think. That's what they focus on. They listen to the news all day. They hear what the head, you know, the head, every time you go to a hairdresser, you ladies, or every time I go and cut my hair, they will just fill me with all these ungodly things that are going on. <laughs> Someone said, he sat on the chair, he said to his uh, barber, how do you want your hair uh, cut? He said, with silence, please. <laughs> Amen. So if we want to change our lives, we're going to have to change our thoughts first. Examine what you think. What do you spend your time thinking on? Worry is meditating on the devil's words and lies and the world's lies. We've been bombarded every single day. This world is baptized literally in unbelief. We're going to have to unplug 
from the spirit of this world and plug into God's Word? What do you listen to when you drive? Half an hour, 20 minutes. What do you listen to? The news? The weather? Talk shows? Why not plug into the Word of God? I mean, that's what I do. I won't waste my time listening to this garbage. What do you watch? And then we, we wonder why our faith isn't working. So, you want to change your life? You're not happy with where you are? Start changing your thinking. That is, that, that is what the word repentance means. The word repentance in the Greek is metania, which means change your mind. It's got nothing to do with tears and, and sorrow and crying and feeling sorry for yourself and remorse. That's not repentance. Repentance is change the way you think. That's why when Jesus came on the scene, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the only way you're going to get into the kingdom, by changing the way you think. And as you go on with the Lord, and continue to renew your mind, not only you will enter the kingdom, but you will learn to function in the kingdom of God. Amen? Praise God. God's thoughts are contained in His Word. If you want to know how God thinks, the only place we're going to find that information is the Word of God. That's why the Lord said, This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth, but therein you will meditate. How often? day and night, that you may be able to observe, to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It's our responsibility to make ourselves successful. God has given us the tools, but He's not going to make you prosperous. It's you who makes your way prosperous. By doing what? By meditating in God's Word so that you may know what God is saying, and so that you are able to do what He says. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Amen? Now listen to this verse, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's what we should think about all day long. You may go about doing your work, but your mind is always on the things of God. If it's not praiseworthy, don't think about it. If it has no good report, don't think about it. If it's not lovely, don't think about it. Well, what must I think? Think on what God said. Think about the promises of God. Think about the love of God. Think how much He loves you. How He has forgiven you of all your sins. And what He has done for you already on the cross. Think about His kindness. Think about His acceptance. And praise Him. Amen? You know, 
I struggle and I fail to understand born-again, spirit-filled believers, tongue-talking, how they would labor between 45 to 60 hours a week in order to sustain themselves physically and provide for the family, but somehow we fail to spend a few hours in the Word of God so that we can obtain the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge that will make us successful. So if we are where we are, we deserve to be there. If you are depressed, you deserve to be there. That's just as kindly as I can put it. If you are oppressed and bound, you deserve to be there. Amen. If you're unhappy, you deserve to be there. I mean, God has given you all the tools, everything that you need to have and live this abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you're not prosperous, you deserve to be there. Because God has, someone said there are two kinds of people within the church. Those that are prosperous and they know it, and they're very generous and they're givers, and those who are prosperous and they don't know it, and they're stingy and they withhold from God. There are two kinds of people in the body of Christ. Those who live from the blessing and those who live for the blessing. There's a difference. Which one are you? So my question to you is, how much time are you investing in obtaining wisdom, understanding, and knowledge? Because if you're ever going to build anything that is worthwhile, you need wisdom, you need understanding, and you need knowledge. That's why Psalm says, they labor in vain that build. If the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor in vain that build it. No good building something, and then you stand before God that day, and it will amount to nothing, because that's not what God called you to do. You may invest your life, burn the, 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 the candle in the late hours, work from morning to evening, sweat, and strive, and struggle, and at the end of the day, it amounts to nothing, because that's not what God called you to build. wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And this doesn't come by you saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I can lay my hands on you until your hair fall off your, all of your hair fall off your, your, your head. You're not going to get it that way. A renewed knowledge comes by studying, by being a diligent student of the Word of God. We've never had it so easy where the Word of God is so available, just at the click of a button. And you can receive the word. But somehow we lost the appetite. We're not seeking God. We're not hungry for God. That's the, that is the real, that is a real issue in the church today. We're not hungry for the things of God. Somehow we manage to satisfy our hunger with the substitutes and the husks that this world provides. And we've got to change. We've got to change our appetite. Amen? Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Anyone 
we're going to pray. But if you desire prayer for anything, uh, I mean, that we can believe God with you, you're welcome to, to come here to the front and we'll, we'll pray for you. Father, we thank you for your precious word this morning. We thank you for the things that we have learned. We thank you for your wisdom that is found in Christ and in his word. We pray that you will give us the hunger, the desire, Lord, to stir up ourselves in the things of God. Thank you for your grace that has provided all that we will ever need or ever require in order to be successful and victorious in this present life. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love and kindness. We thank you for forgiveness, for redemption. We thank you for all that you have done on the cross through Christ. In Jesus' name, we give you praise today. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.